Hello, dear one. We have a shout out today for fairy tales, fables, and fails. Your one stop shop for delightful rundowns of your favorite fairy tale characters, and many you've never heard before. So, if you want your favorite childhood movies ruined for you in the most amusing way possible, come give a listen. Fairy tales, fables, and fails, wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, on with our story time. Today we are reading Beauty and the Beast by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. Please make sure to subscribe. And now, on with our story time. There was once a very rich merchant who had six children, three sons, and three daughters. Being a man of sense, he spared no cost for their education but gave them all kinds of masters. His daughters were extremely handsome, especially the youngest. When she was little, everybody admired her and called her the little beauty, so that, as she grew up, she still went by the name of beauty, which made her sisters very jealous. The youngest, as she was handsomer, was also better than her sisters. The two eldest had a great deal of pride because they were rich. They gave themselves ridiculous airs and would not visit other merchants' daughters nor keep company with any but persons of quality. They went out every day to parties of pleasure, balls, plays, concerts, and so forth. And they laughed at their youngest sister because she spent the greatest part of her time in reading good books. As it was known that they were great fortunes, several eminent merchants made their addresses to them. But the two eldest said they would never marry unless they could meet with a duke or an earl at least. Beauty very civilly thanked them for that courted offer and told them that she was too young yet to marry, but chose to stay with her father few years longer. All at once, the merchant lost his whole fortune, excepting a small country house at a great distance from town, and told his children with tears in his eyes they must go there and work for their living. The two eldest answered that they would not leave the town, for they had several lovers, who they were sure would be glad to have them, though they had no fortune. But the good ladies were mistaken, for their boyfriends slighted and forsook them in their poverty. As they were not beloved on account of their pride, everybody said, They do not deserve to be pitied. We are very glad to see their pride humbled. Let them go, and give themselves quality airs in milking the cows and minding their dairy. But, added they, we are extremely concerned for beauty. She was such a charming, sweet-tempered creature, spoke so kindly to poor people, and was of such an affable, obliging behavior. Nay, several gentlemen would have married her, though they knew she had not a penny. But she told them she could not think of leaving her poor father in his misfortunes, and was determined to go along with him into the country to comfort and attend him. 
poor beauty at first was sadly grieved at the loss of her fortune. But, she said to herself, were I to cry ever so much, that would not make things better. I must try to make myself happy, without a fortune. When they came to their country house, the merchant and his three sons applied themselves to husbandry and tillage, and Beauty rose at four in the morning and made haste to have the house clean and dinner ready for the family. In the beginning, she found it very difficult, for she had not been used to work as a servant, but in less than two months, she grew stronger and healthier than ever. After she had done her work, she read, played on the harpsichord, or else sung whilst she spun. On the contrary, her two sisters did not know how to spend their time. They got up at ten and did nothing but saunter about the whole day, lamenting the loss of their fine clothes and acquaintance. Do but see our youngest sister, they said, one to the other. What a poor, strange, mean-spirited creature she is, to be contented with such an unhappy and dismal situation. The good merchant was of quite a different opinion. He knew very well that beauty outshone her sisters in her person as well as her mind, and admired her humility and industry. But above all, her humility and patience, for her sisters not only left her all the work of the house to do, but insulted her at every moment. The family had lived about a year in this retirement, when the merchant received a letter with an account that a vessel, on board of which he has effects, was safely arrived. This news had liked to have turned heads of the two eldest daughters, who immediately flattered themselves with the hopes of returning to town, for they were quite weary of a country life. And when they saw their father ready to set out, they begged of him to buy them new gowns, headdresses, ribbons, and all manner of trifles. But Beauty asked for nothing, for she thought to herself, that all the money her father was going to receive would scarce be sufficient to purchase everything her sisters wanted. What will you have, Beauty? said her father. Since you have the goodness to think of me, answered she, be so kind to bring me a rose, for as none grows hereabouts, they are kind of a rarity. Not that Beauty cared for a rose, but she asked for something lest she should seem by her example to condemn her sister's conduct, who would have said she did it only to look particular. The good man went on his journey, but when he came there, they went to law with him about the merchandise, and after a great deal of trouble and pains to no purpose, he came back as poor as before. He was within thirty miles of his own house, thinking on the pleasure he should have in seeing his children again. When going through a large forest, he lost himself. It rained and snowed terribly. Besides, the wind was so high that it threw him twice off his horse, and the night coming on, he began to apprehend being either starved to death with cold and hunger, or else devoured by the wolves, whom he heard howling all around him when, on a sudden, 
looking through a long walk of trees, he saw a light at some distance. And going on a little farther, perceived it came from a palace illuminated from top to bottom. The merchant returned God thanks for this happy discovery, and hastened to the place, but was greatly surprised at not meeting with anyone in the outer courts. His horse followed him, and seeing a large stable open, went in, and finding both hay and oats, the poor beast, who was almost famished, fell to eating very heartily. The merchant tied him up to the manger, and walking towards the house, where he saw no one, but entering into a large hall, he found a good fire, and a table, plentifully set out, with but one cover laid. As he was wet quite through with the rain and snow, he drew near the fire to dry himself. I hope, said he, the master of the house, or servants, will excuse the liberty I take. I suppose it will not be long before some of them appear. He waited a comfortable time until it struck eleven, and still nobody came. At last, he was so hungry that he could stay no longer, but took a chicken and ate it in two mouthfuls, trembling all the while. After this, he drank a few glasses of wine, and growing more courageous, he went out of the hall and crossed through several grand apartments with magnificent furniture until he came into a chamber which had an exceeding good bed in it. And as he was very much fatigued, and it was past midnight, he concluded it was best to shut the door and go to bed. And this, dear one, ends our story time for today. Sweet dreams. <laughs>